The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Happy to have you listening. Uh, As you know, we are gearing up for Breeders' Cup time. Uh, We're going to review the races that uh, we covered uh, on the East Coast with uh, Brian Zipsy and the West Coast with Jay Privman a little bit later in this segment. I want to give you a heads up to veteran Wiley Handicappers, both of them handicapping in their own backyard this Saturday. First up, the former host of this show, one of my best friends, Ed Meyer. Ed, of course, uh, is the announcer. He writes for Winning Ponies, and he makes the line for Belterra Park, formerly River Downs in Cincinnati, and this is the greatest day of racing in Ohio. There's a series called The Best of Ohio, and every race is worth $150,000. It's in pretty much every division you can think of, older horses going long, sprinters, two-year-old coats, two-year-old fillies, fillies and mares. Uh, and uh, what's great is uh, b- both Ed and I have tracked these horses very, very closely uh, over the year. I should say years because some of them uh, are three-time state champions. Uh, so uh, we're going to be talking with Ed about that. I, there'll be some great across-the-board picks uh, as far as pick threes, pick fours. They're all together. And again, a good handicapping. And I do believe that the Daily Racing Forum is giving out free PPs on the Belterra Park State program. You might want to check that. Uh, And the uh, second guest is going to be none other than Eclipse Award winning writer Marty McGee, uh, who is uh, not only an outstanding writer, but he's an excellent handicapper. Of course, his brother's a well-known trainer, Paul McGee. And uh, Keeneland has what they call Fall Stars, All Stars. And what a series of races we have. The Grade 2 Thoroughbred Club of America. The Woodford Stakes, that's a Grade 2. And then the Grade 1 First Lady, the Grade 1 Breeders Futurity, and the Grade 1 Shadwell Turf Mile. My question for Marty there is, can the millionaire mayor take on the boys? And I'm talking about Miss Temple City. She's a horse for course down at Keeneland, has never finished worse than second. Two wins and two seconds. She's won $905,000 at Keeneland alone. She also loves the distance. Ten starts, four wins. And as far as turf, she's seven of 19. We'll see if she can beat the boys. I want to see who Marty is going to pick. It's a huge race. 14 were entered into that race. So with all this race action, in addition to our great handicappers we're going to have on here, winning ponies uh you got to go up and pull down your easy win forms it's going to be a very very busy weekend uh there's also big races in new york i'll mention that briefly uh but uh, the easy win forms of course we're striking everywhere uh at, at belmont about six days ago uh two dollar pick six we hit five of six can't get much closer than that 
$3,620. In the middle of the country, Indiana Grand on the 29th, a $1 pick six. We had all six, $2,088. And down where Pete Aiello calls the horses at Gulfstream Park. On the 27th, a $1 Super 5 key paid $1,600. And paying $1,500, another Super 5 only four days later. That's the easy win forms. It'll complement the picks that you will get from our handicappers today. Well, this one was an interesting one. Guess who's putting up a for sale sign? None other than Frank Stronach, who is going to sell one of his Adina farms. Now, this is, uh, you know, the uh, the breeding program where that stands stallions at its Paris facility, including Awesome Again, Fort Lard, Ghost Sapper, Mucho Macho Man, and Macho Uno, Go Sapper right now ranks fifth as the general leading sire through October 3rd. Um, now, what he's saying is, is that he's got nothing against Kentucky, but he wants to expand his breeding program, uh, particularly to uh, California. Uh, he's going to go to California, and he says, we need more California breads. As you guys know, that they've had to cancel racing there. Because they don't have enough horses. I've been to this facility. It's absolutely gorgeous. So uh, what he's saying is that he, he does have another farm in Midway, Kentucky, and he could move some of the stallions there, but he might also lease the stallions to whoever purchases the farm. So this will be very interesting to watch in the days ahead and to see what pops up out there in uh, California. Now, here's some late news. Uh, Kittens Joy, who's almost been a breed-changing sire as far as turf is concerned, is relocating to Hill and Dale's Farms. Right now, I believe he's currently the active sire, leading active sire in North America. He's going to John Secura's Hill and Dale. Uh, that uh, owner breeders Ken and Sarah Ramsey have entered into an agreement with him. Think about this. Kittens Join has had 81 Northern Hemisphere stakes winners to date. His horses have earned over $72 million. He's 16 years old now, but that means he's still got a few years left in him for sure. Uh, you may turn back the clock to 2004 when he was named the, the champion grass horse. Uh, won some great races back there. A horse uh, race we'll be looking at, the Joe Hirsch Turf Classic Invitational, Secretariat, Virginia Derby, the uh, Crown Royal American Turf Stakes, Either way, he was the champion on the grass, and he passed that on. And uh, let's not forget some of the horses he has sired. Uh, you know, uh, we're talking about Philly and Mare Turf Breeders' Cup winner Stephanie's Kitten and Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint winner Bobby's Kitten, champion Big Blue Kitten, and some solid grade one stakes winners, Real Solution, Kitty's Dumplings, Admiral Kitten, Chiropractor, Hawkbill, Devisadero, a horse we'll be talking about with Marty later in the show. So uh, Ken Ramsey said it was uh, heart-wrenching, but he's known going to a fantastic farm in Hill and Dale. Yeah, he does have... The conditions, though, that Kitten's Joy will not be shuttled, and when he is retired from stud duty, he will be returned to the Ramsey's farm. Well, I mentioned big race in New York. It's the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Been a real classic race over the years. Keen Ice. Is he a one-hit wonder for beating American Pharaoh? We'll find out because neither Gunrunner or Arrogate are going to be in this race. Uh, you know, Donegal Racing, a great group of people. Uh, they also own the, the horse in concert with Calumet Farm. 
Keen Ice looks like he's kind of the standout. It's like only a seven-horse field, $750,000 grade one. Again, that's the Jockey Club Gold Cup, and that will be uh, on Saturday at Belmont. Uh, again, just to, to reiterate, uh, he beat Triple Crown winner American Pharaoh. Now, that was back in 2015 in the Traverse Stakes, but he nailed another graded win when he took the Suburban Handicap over uh, Canadian Classic winner Shaman Ghost. So, uh, he has credentials, and uh, this will set him up. It's a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Should be the favorite in there. Well, uh, across the river, a little bit of history making, horse by the name of Enable, the first British filly took the Arc de Triomphe at Chantilly, and that was just four days ago. She beat, of course, a huge top quality field, and in doing so, became the first British filly to win the race since it started in 19. 19- She just raced in a perfect position all the way into what they call the straight. Hit overdrive when giving her a clue. And guess who was in the saddle? Frankie DeTore. Now, she's a Judmont Farm homebred. A lot of people thought, uh, you know, with her breeding and now with this on her resume, we'll just retire her to become a broodmare. But looks like trainer John Gotson wants to give her another season, which I think is great. But the Breeders' Cup's out of the question. He says, I think it'd be wrong to run her again this year. But she's in great form. We really should consider racing her again. So uh, we will uh, find out if we get to see this amazing uh, now Philly enable over on the other side of the pond. Now we're going to be talking to Marty about the races at Keeneland. Uh, they kick off on Friday, uh, Fall Stars weekend, uh, the graded stakes races every day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Of course, Saturday's the big one. Um, and this will be the last start for a lot of these horses before they go on uh, to the Breeders' Cup uh, races. Uh, just uh, stay tuned. Pull down your easy win forms. Keeneland's loaded with everything. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, popular, uh, interesting two-year-olds that are, may not even be in the stakes. So trying to get through the news before I get to our results from last week. Uh, Gunrunner, he's out at Santa Anita. Had an easy work of 50-2. and two, But according to Scott Blassie, he and Asmussen, that's all that they, they wanted to see. Quick wrap-up on Churchill Downs. Corey Lanry. Wow, congratulations, Corey. Uh, it was his 14th riding crown in the past 16 meets at Churchill Downs, and he passed Jim McKnight with uh, 883 wins to finish the September session. He got 880. Six, unbelievable! Congratulations to Corey Landry, uh, John Court, uh, Julian Lepreau, and Chris Landeros were right up there. Uh, and runner-up honors went to my friend Brian Hernandez and Florent Jaru. Ken and Sarah Ramsey were the leading owner. No big surprise there. Leading trainer came down to the meet's final race and ended in a dead heat between Brad Cox and Kenny McPeak. Jockey Talk Jockey of the Week, Flavian Pratt, scored a grade one hat trick. That gets him Jockey of the Week. Okay, only got a couple of minutes. Let's rewind and cover the big races from last week. Okay, again, Brian Zipsy joined us and uh, wish him best in his new endeavors. We went to Belmont Park, starting with the Vosburg Stakes. The winner in there was Tackaful, a lightly raced son of Bernardini, who now has three career victories in seven wins. Uh, El Deal set all the place. He was the slight favorite, and uh, Tackaful kind of pulled up alongside him, stayed with him. It was a great 
a stretch run in the Vosburgh with Tackafall getting the nod over LD. And it was a horse for course, stall walking dude getting the third spot. <coughs> then we went to the grade one, $400,000 Bell Dame. And as I predicted, it was Elate. Of course, yeah, big prediction, John. One to five. Elate, the three-year-old, takes on older horses uh, to uh, claim the Bell Dame. She's going to be something else. Out of the Billy Mott Barn, Medallia Dioro is is the sire. Uh, Jose Ortiz was in the saddle. Remember, this horse uh, also won the Alabama Stakes and uh you know, this is going to be some horse to watch. This was a lot of controversy in the Coaching Club American Oaks, whether or not Abel Tasman, uh, you know, bothered her towards the wire. But really happy for Mott and his whole crew. Elate gets the job done over Money's son, Charlotte, who was a nose over Eskin for Money. Last race we handicapped at Belmont Park, mile and a half on the turf. Always an interesting uh, distance, but wow, it was Beach Patrol getting the job done. Last start for Beach Patrol, this four-year-old Colt, a win in the Arlington Million. A really exciting race. Uh, Beach Patrol trained by Chad Brown. And uh, in the second spot was Fanciful Angel, an Irish bred. And uh, finishing third was Ascend. So those were the races from Belmont. Then it was time for Jay Privman out there in California, and really quick, as much as I can, I know I'm closing in on my uh, my finish here. The uh, the Grade One Zenyatta went to the lightly raced Paradise Woods, came back after a layoff, got the job done. You may recall earlier in the year she won the Santa Anita Oaks. She went to the stretch, stretched out. That race was never in doubt. Then the Chandelier, we're talking about the babies here, Moonshine Memories, stalked. Got even and shook clear by three. One of Flavian Pratt's winners of the weekend that got him jockey of the week. Then the front runner, we're talking two-year-old boys here. The winner, Bolt the Arrow, who's already been secured by Spendthrift Farm to be a stallion there upon retirement. A son of Adalia Dioro just drew away. And like Jay said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep the Blakers on. Mick Ruiz did. Bolt the Arrow, one to watch. The front runner goes on his resume. Then the Rodeo Drive, that went to Avenge, the horse who won it last year. Who's in the saddle? Flavian Pratt. And finished it out with the awesome again. And it, this time it was Dylan Van Dyke getting the top spot aboard Moob Tahij, a horse that's just raced all over the place, is now in the Bob Baffert barn, put blinkers on, and got the win. All right, that's a look at our racing for last week. Now we're going to take a look at the greatest day of racing in Ohio. And with us, one of the greatest guys who visits Ohio from his home in Kentucky, a man I greatly admire. That's right, it's Ed Meyer. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as you know, he's a very good friend and the former host of Winning Ponies Radio, the one, the only, Ed Myers. Steady Eddie, how you doing, my friend? Good evening, John. What's happening? Well, what's happening is in about 48 hours, Ohio is going to experience its greatest day of racing, and it's going to take place right before your eyes as the race caller at Belterra Park. Uh, it, it, it's a rotating series. It goes between Mahoning Valley, Thistledown, and Belterra. So three years ago, Belterra had their best day ever when the best of Ohio was there. I know that you're going to be featured prominently in the daily racing form. Don't want to put a whole lot of heat on you, but a lot of people are going to be watching, Ed, so you better call some good races. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, go- it's going to be a great day. Now, you know, you and I have had the chance to watch most of these horses race uh, either on television at Thistledown or in person at Belterra. Now, I, you are the odds maker there. I'm just going to ask you before we start talking about each race is what horse did you make the favorite in, in each race, and what are the odds? So let's start with the John Galbraith Memorial. With the Galbraith Memorial, uh, at two to one, at two to one, I made Tango Run. Okay, Tango right. Run, and justifiably so. And of course, we have to point out to the people, uh, for the most part, in these juvenile races, these are two year olds stretching out for the first time. There are a few that have at least gone a mile, and those are the ones uh, that I think are going to provide the biggest competition uh, to Tango Run. Um, I think there's a sleeper in there by the name of Celtic Dream, but it's coming off the poly track at Presque Isle Downs. John Burke, the really good trainer, and this horse, as somebody whispered in my ear, had quite a good dam. She's three for three with two-year-olds. She's one of the route horses I'll mention. Let me pop the other two, then I want to get your feedback, Ed. Um, also, we have uh, going a mile, uh, Count Dilute out of the Tim Ham barn. Now, uh, this horse is still a maiden, but you know Tim Ham well enough. He's been a leading trainer, stakes trainer in Ohio many times. Uh, could be dangerous. Uh, but then you also have, uh, 
you can't keep up coming out of a maiden, but going a mile. And let's take a look at circus rings coming out of a maiden, going a mile. So, you know, that really kind of leaves us with a, with a mixed bag. I think I hit all the horses that have at least had a chance at going a route race, but uh, only you can't keep is one that won. And then you've got horses that have absolutely exploded. But I'm going to shut up because I, I want to get your feedback on some of the horses I may have just touched on. Well, starting with Tango Run, ma- making Tango Run two to one was pretty easy. Three for three, and she has just been an impressive animal. Her dam, uh, the doctor's cat, has had five starters and five winners and a stakes winner. So Tango Run, owned by Michael Foster, trained by Doug Cowens, three for three. She's done nothing absolutely wrong. But w- as far as odds making and I- as far as what you would actually be wagering on, if I was wagering on two bucks, I'm going to go with a filly that actually is going to throw a little speed at their way, and if she can actually drag the speed across, I think she's going to be awfully tough, and that's number six, Mishap. Dean Sarvis, who's winning 27% of the time for the red-hot Kellen Gorder, from, who mainly, mainly holds sway in Kentucky, but he's, he's not just limited to Kentucky by any means. He's winning 47% of the time. I think she threw in a clunker last time out, and when I say a clunker, she finished second. She just didn't look comfortable that day. I think if she gets on the lead by herself, John, I think Sarvis can actually put them to sleep, and she may actually turn the tables on Tango Run, and she's 7-2. to two. Okay, again, that's uh, that's the boys, uh, I mean the girls division, uh, named after the great John Galbraith, who started in Ohio, and of course we know was the uh, power behind Darby Dan Farm. Uh, let's move on now to the boys' division. It's called the Juvenile. Again, $150,000. And uh, in here, let me, A, ask you who is, is in the program going to be the favorite, and then let me comment on a few horses. The program morning line favorite is going to be number eight, Awaken, five to two, James Graham for Tim Ham, and that's going a mile on the 16th, and proceed from there, my friend. Did you say five to two, Ed? Five for your two. Okay, I just I'm writing this down because I got to put a press release <laughs> out tomorrow. Okay, yeah, you know, again, Tim Ham, uh, you know, he took a shot at an eighty-two thousand dollar open company race, going a mile in a race that uh, really played to the closers, and he was up on the lead and was. Within a head of the leader into the lane and end up getting beat a length and a half. I notice he took Erwin Rosando down there. Here's my question. I see that Jimmy Graham is named on two horses for Ham. You got any inside information that James Graham is coming, especially on a day that Keelan's having such a big day? You know, that that has to give you a lot of confidence because Jimmy Graham would have more than one or two mounts of Keeneland for sure, and he is always. I would love to have a dollar for every time he's turned the apple cart around at Keeneland and paid boxcar prices. Jimmy Graham is as dangerous as anyone at Keeneland, but yet he's riding the Belterra this day. But you touched on Tim Ham and Jimmy Graham teaming up, John. I mean... This runner here, this two-year colt by Super Saver, went to Monmouth Park and ran in the sapling and was, it says, rallied four wide but bumped late. And 31 to 1 outside of Ohio Company, but in Ohio Company, wins by seven, wins by six and a quarter, second by three lengths. I think that Awaken may be a real monster. A tier cult by Super Saver. I'm a big fan of all the Super Savers. Windstar Farm and Blazing Meadow Farm. I think they got a 
brand new day here. And Awaken just might be that. John, if you get anywhere near five to two, you're getting a prize. Absolutely. And I had a conversation uh, with Tim Ham. Uh, I was writing a story about uh, his, uh, uh, shall I say, partnership with Windstar as far as Ohio Breads are concerned. And he told me because uh, he beat Candy Exchange when they first started. Then Candy Exchange came back and beat him at five and a half. And so I, I came back. I said, well, Tim, you know, I said, you know, you, these horses have taken turns beating each other. He said, John, to be honest with you, I just think Awaken's a router. So if he's a router, he's going to be very, very dangerous in the mile and a 16th juvenile. Another horse, uh, two other horses I have uh, stars by uh, is Tizza Rush, who just broke its maiden. But stretched out for the first time, Ed, one by 15 and a quarter lengths by the leading trainer up there, Jeff Radosevich. He's going to be a busy man on Saturday. And a horse by the name of Dark Vader, who coming in from Los Al, who debuted at a mile and was only beaten by a head after going four wide. These are two mystery horses. I think Dark Vader... If this T-Row Colt by this son of Talavacati can overcome the 12 hole, John, Jamie Terrio is in town to ride, or as his fans refer, Jamie the Riot. I'm telling you what, Dark Vader may give them all that they want down the lane. Evan Roman, the, it was the hot apprentice out on the California circuit. They're shipping in for trainer Peter Erden. He wins with 23% of his shippers, and he ran a really game race. I went back and watched it not only once, but twice, and I wanted to see it. Dark Vader I'll tell you what, if they turn some quick fractions, Dark Vader can put their lights out quick. It's going to be very fun to watch this race. And as you know, I'll be there to watch it with you there, Steady Eddie, for sure. Yes. I, I want to, by the way, I want to thank the people at Belterra for uh, putting together a very nice soiree uh, for my membership of the Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners. They've been uh, very accommodating to us, and I'm looking forward to a fun day. Sad to say I'm going to too bu- be too busy to be up there eating the Reuben sandwiches, but uh, nonetheless, uh, we're going to have a good time, Ed. All right, the seventh race. Slam dunk. The best of Ohio <laughs> Sprint. I believe the horse that won, has won this race the last three years is in there. He's an, a recent millionaire that is going to pick up for the first time the services of the ninth leading rider in the world, the all-time leading rider in Cincinnati, Scoot and Boot Perry Oots. Now, he drew the rail, and he likes to come from off it a little bit, Ed. Is that going to be a problem? Not a bit. Rivers Run Deep was made the 8-5 to five favorite in here, and it's so tough to even play against him or even think in that direction, John. Seven starts, six wins in a second. You talk about a horse for a course, I think that's every bit of it there. The rail is winning over 19% on the year, and Rivers Run Deep is coming from five off the turf right back to six furlongs. I think that's going to play right into his hands. You know that Perry Utes is probably one of the best tactics Tactical speed riders and blistering speed riders out of the gate. You know Rivers Run Deep is not going to be lacking and wanting a spot on the room. Oots is going to put him right out there and be very up close and have the catbird seat right along the right along the rail, John. I think the only way Rivers Run Deep is unless Rivers Run Deep doesn't feel up to the task. Hey, I've got to ask you a question. I see that uh, coincidentally from the hand barn with Jim Graham up is uh, cross entered. Do you know if he's going in the sprint or the other race? I would, I'm leaning towards the other one because, actually, I ran into the racing secretary. I did ask that. I, he was leaning towards the other race from that conversation. But 
really didn't seem all that uh, all, all that really 110% certain. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards, if you, if you held me for a dollar bet, I would say towards the other race. I think running against Rivers Run Deep, John, just it might be a suicidal uh, effect here. I, I think he's drawing the rail. He's a three-star play. I think the horse for the course angle parries. Chris Hartman is winning almost 60% of the time at Belterra Park. I mean, the guy is just having an incredible meet. Seven for seven. You love the horse for the course angle, and we're all a big fan of parries in this neck of the woods. I think Rivers Run Deep is going to be awfully tough to play with, and, and I would actually run to the endurance. Yeah, I mean, if I had an option against, uh, you know, getting out of a race with uh, Rivers Runs Deep and it even <laughs> yeah. had an option for 150000 I'd have to run away and hide, as they say. Okay, the best of Ohio distaff, uh, a man that's going to be uh, uh, very busy up there uh, tomorrow, will be none other than Ron Paolucci of Luge Racing Stable. Yes, there's three O's in there. I hate spell correct when I try to write a press release about this guy. But uh, who is going to get favoritism in here, Ed? Favoritism, uh, morning line favoritism went to number eight catalyst, Ricardo Feliciano for Terry, uh, Tony Rini, John at five to two. It's, it's a 10 horse, it's a 10 horse affair going a mile and an eighth. But as far as a $2 wager for me, I'm kind of going to, I really kind of rethought this one out. I'm going to go back to school board press. Five to one, Pedro Cotto in, in the saddle for trainer Doug Matthews, who's three for three in the money. And school board press is three for three in the money at Belterra. Three starts, two wins, and a third. I think in the pay the man in Cleveland, I went back and watched the race. It really just looked lackluster. She just didn't really look to be too comfortable. But she was facing a bear with Nikki, my darling, that day and just a little smoke. I think that school board press being back at the old Belterra Oval, it might all play into her hands. And I think coming back at a Cleveland here, uh, you get a 23% uh, trainer with Matthews for non-graded stakes. I think that I think he's in a right place at the right time. She really looks the part to me. I went back and watched it. I don't think the race took that much out of her. And school board press is as tough as the day is long. Okay, absolutely. She is, and uh, she's going to relish going that extra eighth of a mile. Uh, you know, there was a mistake in the pay the man where it was run at a mile and a sixteenth. It was supposed to be a mile and an eighth, and uh, owner John Royer was hoping to use that as a prep. Of course, in here again, uh, Luch Stables not only as Catalyst, but has a horse, if you throw out its last race, was never beaten in Ohio, had five straight wins, including a win in the Vivacious over the grass down there in Cincinnati. So it'll be interesting if she gets to bounce back from that last race uh, going six furlongs. I don't know if that was just a tightener or uh, if uh, she's showing a little, <coughs> excuse me, showing a little, uh, you know, wear and tear on the year, but she's been nothing but an ATM machine for Ron Paolucci. Okay, coming up short on this segment, and I'm giving you a big race, a mile and a quarter, best of Ohio endurance. I don't have to ask who you made the favorite. I just want to know what are the odds on Mo Don't Know. Even money for the Luch Racing Stables Incorporated, Jeffrey Radosevich, the trainer, John. Even money, if you get anywhere near even money, that means Christmas came early. You're talking what, looking for fifth straight win in a row, three for three in the money here at Beltair Park, and more impressively, three for three with wins at the distance. This four-year-old got a son of Uncle Mo wearing the Luch laundry, John. I think the only one that beats Mo is Mo. 
Well, he was last year's horse of the year, winning the Best of Ohio Endurance. Should lock that up again for this season. Ed, you're going to be a busy man on Saturday. I wish you the best from the announcer's booth. But I do hope you'll stop down uh, to uh, our uh, OTBO hospitality room before the races. I'd like to introduce you to a few people. I would love that, and I'm also looking forward to the new owner seminar because there's been about five or six people that actually stopped up and asked about that today. The fans are looking forward to it. Great. That's going to take place at 1130 in the grandstand, hosted by yours truly. All right, well, I got Marty McGee up next. We're going to take a look at the Keeneland card. Thanks to Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, what a great day on winningponies.com because I get to have two of my favorite people and handicappers on. We just had Admire. Now we've got Eclipse Award winning writer Marty McGee. Marty, how's life? Pretty good, John. Looking forward to uh, all these races coming up here at Keeneland. Starts tomorrow, and then we got the Breeders' Cup right around the corner. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to complain. I'm in, I'm in the top 1% of uh, people who like their jobs, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure beats a coal mine, I can tell you that. Well, um, I know that uh, besides Churchill Downs, Keeneland's pretty much uh, one of your home courts, so that's the reason i like to get you on. Now, I want to talk about Saturday's races, but I believe we have, uh, you know, just fantastic uh, opening day, uh, opening weekend there. Uh, you want to chime in a little bit on, I believe, the Alcibiades, a horse that's uh, a race that's been run by not one but two bassinet winners from River Downs over the years. Yeah, who are they? Who are those bassinet winners? Oh, man. Hey, you're talking to a guy that's way too old. One, one was owned by Elmer Miller, and it was the longest okay. shot that ever won, uh, trained okay. by uh, 
oh, what was his name? Ronnie Warren, now he's maybe? Kane and Kane. Huh? Ronnie Warren? Yes, yes. I think it was the longest shot ever uh, in a stakes race at, at Keeneland. And the other wow. one was trained by, I think, Greg Foley. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, we got the we we got the Asabides tomorrow, John. Uh, opening day it's supposed to be uh, low to mid eighties as a high, and gonna yeah, the people are gonna be out having fun. I can guarantee you that they they really love them some Keeneland. Uh, Asabides goes his race nine on Friday. It's preceded by the Grade Two Phoenix for some really good sprinters. Of course, we have nine stakes races, graded races on the opening three-day Fall Stars weekend at Keeneland, and all of them except for the Woodford are winning your end races toward the Breeders' Cup on November 3rd and 4th at Del Mar. Very important, very exciting races coming up. Uh, in the Phoenix, I think that Limousine Liberal is the horse to beat. Uh, uncontested, perhaps, a, a good sleeper in there. Whitmore looking to rebound. Uh, those are all very recognizable names, and and uh, horses who are worthy uh, of this uh, grade two race. And then the Alcibiades, of course, the less familiar names with the two-year-old fillies who have only run anywhere from one to just a handful of times. I like either of the uncoupled Brad Cox pair of Kelly's Humor and Sassy Sienna. I think both of them have a real edge uh, when they both have run two turns before, whereas some of these other favorites in the Alcibiades have not so uh, I'm looking for Kelly's humor and or Sassy Sienna for Brad Cox and the uh, Alcibiades. I love, by the way, I love Cox's horse in the first race, the first race of the meet. Uh, more mojo in the first race tomorrow. And uh, he's she's not even the favorite on the morning line. I think she will be. I think she'll be even money-ish or so. Uh, but they've got her 5-2. to two, But I'm going to bet all in big borrow and steal on, uh, on more mojo in the first race tomorrow. All right. Well, you, you know, the, the cobwebs are leaving me. Okay. Um, she says it best. 2005 came out of that River Downs race. And Elmer Miller's horse was Foxy Dean back in 84. So I'm not as old as I think I am. All of a sudden, I had an epiphany. Who rode Foxy Dean? I would love to know that. Charlie Woods, maybe? or How about Daryl Montoya? I love he- it. And you know who she beat in that race? A horse that went on to become amazing foundation mare, Weekend Delight. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't she like wasn't she like ninety to one or something? Do you do you have the price there in front of you? No, 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 I don't, but I do remember reading releases at the time and it was I think the biggest upset winner in a stakes race at Keeneland ever. Foxy wow. Dean, Elmer Miller was a great guy. Really, he, he raced all those Coax Me horses. He ran second in the Derby with Coax Me Chad, but I digress. Uh, that, that's the Friday thing. Now, listen, Marty, well, I got you. You know, I've been reading all the press releases coming out there. Of course, uh, NBC Sports is going to have uh, from five to six the, the Shadwell Turf Mile and the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. So you guys are going to get national play. All races are streamed on Keeneland.com. But I see that there's a, a rolling super high five offered on every race. Uh, pick fours and pick fives return uh any of those uh excite marty mcgee i mean i'm not a big player of the super high five i mean i don't usually the minimums are too high for me most tracks are you know i'm I'm unaware they kind of caught me off guard with that uh about the super high five sometimes 
they're a dollar. I don't know if it's a dollar or fifty cents a Keelan if you have that in front of you. But uh, generally, John, those only catch my attention and the attention of most horse players when the when those jackpots build. When you have some long shots come in, and and then all of a sudden it's forty or sixty or eighty or whatever thousand, and that's when they start snowballing. But uh, no, I do love the pick fours and the pick fives. The pick five is the only exotic bet that Keeneland chose to not raise to the state allowable minimum. Uh, as you may have seen, the win place show is 19%. Uh, uh, the exotics are 22%, except for the pick five, which is on the uh, usually on the last five races of, today, of the day, but on Saturday, because of the all stakes, the five graded stakes is going to be races five through nine. That uh, the takeout on that John is just fifteen percent. So that's that's really a hell of a deal. And it, you know you're kind of crazy to not play into those kind of pools because the churn, which would be generated on a win place show of nineteen percent, if you just you just have the one bite, the one bit of takeout on a multi race wager like that. So it really is, relatively speaking, a good deal to play into a pool like that. Uh, Marty, as we know, uh, you know there's been a lot of talk in the industry about the takeout at Keeneland. Let's face it, um, you know, I think people are going to bet as much at Keeneland as ever, but I have been reading some blogs and stuff, and people on the Belmont sites are saying, hey, folks, let's make this a marquee weekend for, for Belmont, you know, now that uh, you know, Keeneland's trying to stick it to us. What's what's the general feel you're getting down there? I, I think they're going to be down. I mean, I, I really do. Uh, the Horse Players Associate of North America, I see right now that Keeneland just came out uh, with a uh, statement countering, you know, reasoning why they chose to go ahead and, and raise the takeout since the spring meet. And uh, But I think that there, it's going to be fairly widespread nationally, and uh, I don't necessarily think they'll be down double digits in, in terms of all sources handled, but I, I do think they will be affected uh, to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean, Joe Sixpack's not going to notice, but Joe Sixpack's not betting a thousand dollars a race. So you know, right. don't forget every exactly. every time. <laughs> yeah, every time you make a wager, you're paying to make that wager, and it's like you know, how much do you want to pay for this? Well, Marty, you know, I pray we don't run out of time, and I if things go as because I love having you on. If things go as expected, I think I'm, we might just pass our commercial break here because i'd rather talk to you than run an ad uh you are a great ad for winning ponies because people like to hear and talk to you i get feedback all the time so let's go to the back and we'll we'll work forward because this race my god 14 horses entered i'm talking about the shadwell turf mile a grade one million dollar race you may be assigned to writing about this race and of course uh, i guess i see the, the what the storyline here would be is uh uh, this millionaire mayor, Miss Temple City, who's definitely a horse for a course down there in Lexington, is taking on uh, quite a group of classy boys. Yeah, I mean, she's such a great story, John. I had the opportunity to talk to her trainer, Grand Motion, for a little while this morning. And, uh, you know, they're just excited that she got back on track by winning at Kentucky Downs last month. And that was a, the ideal prep in, in a lot of ways for her to go on and and try and beat the boys again. As you know, she uh, made an unprecedented sweep last year by winning both the Makers 46 in the spring and then the Shadwell in the fall. And uh, after a couple of bumps in the road earlier this year and a, a couple of failed attempts at some 
mega races, including one over in England. Uh, Graham is satisfied that she's back on her game. And I was kind of surprised to see that Mike Battaglia made her the, the actual morning line favorite in here at three to one, as opposed to number 10, heart to heart, who he has seven to two. I thought that heart to heart, I think by post time, heart to heart will be the favorite. I mean, his form is just a little more impressive and, you know, he, he's just, he's tactically a little bit better than her speed wise, et cetera. But overall, uh, I think in a race like this, you can expect a fast pace. I, I went to a horse who two years ago or a year and a half ago or so uh, won the Arlington Million. His name is Mondial East. He's number seven. He'll be ridden by Fiergal Lynch. And uh, I think that the pace might take its toll and set up to a horse like him. So I'm going to go with Mondial East over the, over the great story horse, uh, Miss Temple City, and a horse named Bala Rocks, number six. To be third, so that's a seven eight six for me in the Chadwell Turf Mile. And, and and you know, Marty, I think it's great too that uh, Graham Motion has stuck with and given the opportunity uh, to to you know a, a Hall of Fame rider like. Edgar Prado. You know, some people you say, you know, what have you done for me lately? He may not be in the headlines every day, but this guy hasn't lost an ounce of his talent. It's great to see him back on this horse. Well, I mean, those guys go, they go as far back as to my days in Maryland. I left Maryland in 1992 uh, to, to go to work for the form after having worked for the Baltimore Sun. And that's right when Graham was uh, taking over the stable of the late Bernie Bond. And, of course, over the last quarter century, Graham has really made a name for himself, and he's extremely, as you know, very highly regarded. So, yeah, I think it's it's commendable that he has stuck with Edgar in, in big races like this. And uh, if you watched Miss Temple City and a lot of her races, including her last, um, the the win that at Kentucky Downs, to which I referred earlier. He's got to uh, work. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he really does. He, he does what uh, he does what what he's supposed to do. So uh, you know, it's not like you know Edgar doesn't get the mouse he used to, and I, I really can't understand why that is. I guess it's just I guess he's pushing fifty now, but uh, uh, you know that's pretty young for guys like me. <laughs> guys like me and you, John. I hear you. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it it makes for a great story, and I hope you get to write that at the end of the day at Keeneland. Uh, I know it's going to be a big one for you. All right, again, working backward uh, now at Keeneland, um, a, a race I always love was the, the Breeders' Futurity. And uh, this is uh, now sponsored by Claiborne Farm. Uh, it, it's always an interesting mix. Uh, you've got horses that are just put in sensational maiden wins and then horses who have already struck uh, in, in the graded stakes ranks. I was there, and I believe you were there, for 10 Cities' debut in that maiden special weight when he just exploded with Robbie Alvarado. I thought he was the second coming of American Pharaoh. He's had a few bumps in the road at Ellis Park and Churchill uh, through his shoe in the Ellis Park Juvenile. Uh, kind of was, they say, slowly. We see a big jock change from uh, Gilligan or Corey Lannery, who just won, I believe, his 16th uh, title or 14th of 16 at, at Churchill. Um that you know that that's got to be a positive mood, and then you, you've got, of course, uh, the well-respected Sanford and hopeful stakes with Saratoga horse that ran uh, two game second-place efforts in there and free drop Billy. They seem to float to the top. Do you agree, or who's the sleeper? 
Well, I think a sleeper in there is number two, Esmosh, for my man Brad Cox. I mean, he was really impressive in a in a maiden victory at Churchill on opening weekend of the September meet. He's got Castellano in an inside post. There's a whole lot of unknowns in here, John. I think I counted up that there's like seven of these 13 horses are in off a maiden victory. And uh, any of them could take the, the next leap and bound and be a big factor in this race. If you got a default, you have to default to free drop Billy, who's the two-to-one morning line favorite for Dale Romans. Dale has won this race three times already in the past, and uh, I think he's really got this horse set up well for a big effort. Uh, he's definitely the one to beat, but uh, I'm going to lean towards some of the inside horses. Ten City, I, I think Kenny wasn't so much disappointed in the Ellis race as he was in the last race, and uh Maybe Corey can work some of the magic that he really had the, the last uh, meet at Churchill and, and, and work out a good inside trip for 10 City. But otherwise, again, I'm going with number two, Esmosh, for the Zayats and Brad Cox. Lone Sailor, another sleeper for Tommy Amos uh, out of post three. So I'm kind of a two, three, four uh, in working, trying to beat uh, Free Drop Billy, who I, I really give a lot of respect to otherwise. I think the one horse I kind of, uh, you know, uh, left out here was, give me a minute. Uh, This looks like a horse with a lot of upside. Uh, Was bumped at the start, finished really well, and uh, Brian Hernandez, no stranger to uh, Keeneland, is going to get them out there. I mean, uh, you know, finishing the neck behind the winner and the hopeful, those are pretty good credentials. Well, they are. You know, he's still a maiden, and uh, he is the second choice on the line at 7-2. to Dallas is asking me, that's been more than a week back. He says, you know who's going in the Breeders' Futurity? Because he was already interested in running this Louisiana bred back uh, as a maiden again in the grade one. So you don't often see uh, maidens win grade ones, but among two-year-olds, it's not that uncommon. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he won. And, and speaking of Brian Hernandez, you know what? If you really watch him, John, on a day-to-day basis, he is so underrated. He rarely makes a mistake. And, uh, you know, he's, he's just really become a big timer. I know he won the 2012 Breeders' Cup Classic, but, but over the, in those five years that have passed since then, he's really become a pro's pro. And, uh, you can always, uh, back Brian Hernandez with some confidence, I think. I do. I do, Marty. I totally agree with you. I don't know how he gets lost in people's memories, but the thing about Brian is, is he's got certain people that stand by him. Uh, as far as trainers, and they believe in him, and they'll put him up on their best horses, and he's not afraid to do it. Probably a lot of people don't know this, but Brian Hernandez broke the maiden on a horse by the name of Rachel Alexandra. Wow, I did not know that, or I didn't realize that. You know, you, you speaking of guys like he's got uh, uh, Brett Calhoun, who's got him on Finley's Lucky Star in the Thoroughbred Club on Saturday. She's going to be a big favorite, and... Uh, you know, he had the he had the Gervin and McCracken thing for uh, in the spring where he had his choice of Derby mounts. One of those, of course, McCracken for Ian Wilkes, and Ian really sticks behind Brian. So he's got a lot of great business right now. Absolutely. I love Brian. He's a great guy, and his wife, Jamie's just super. I remember when she was a Gallup girl at River Downs. Well, let's go to the first yeah. lady. Grade one, $400,000. Marty, uh, I know that. There's only seven in here, but this is a very competitive field. I'm trying to figure out who floats to the top. Again, when I handicap, I pull my PPs down early from the form. I don't have odds on there, so I don't even know who the favorite is. Um, 
A, who do you like? And B, who did Mike make the favorite? Mike made Roca Rojo number four the favorite. I think she's very vulnerable. I think it, this quickly boils down to a four-horse race. I, I really am a, have become a fan of Ignacio Correa's uh, since I've gotten to know him over the last couple of years. And uh, she ran a big race in the Beverly D. And coming out of that, he said, "You know, we're going to we're going to turn her back a little bit and, and going a mile." The first lady, she's not a Breeders' Cup nominated horse, so this essentially is their Breeders' Cup. I think she's sitting on a big one. I'm going with number three, Dona Bruja, who is the co-second choice at five to two, with the filly who won the uh, won the Jenny Wiley here in the spring, and that's number six, Dickinson. I, th- I think it's a four-six, uh, and then the Hawksmore who won the QE two, of course, last year, or actually was third in the three-horse photo, but has since won a couple of graded races in New York. Uh, that's number seven, Hawksmore. It's it's basically a four horse race. John Roca Rojo, the favorite, beatable by Dona Bruja, and then uh, Dickinson and Hawksmore. Okay, we're talking with Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum. Got about five minutes left with Marty, and we're going to try to see if we can't get uh, two more races uh, under our belt, starting with the Thoroughbred Club of America. This is a six-furlong affair, and uh, again, brought together a field of eight. Finley's Lucky Charm, he just mentioned, ridden by Brian Hernandez, (laughs) absolutely loves this distance, is five for six and second in its only loss at six furlongs. First race at Keeneland, though, and it's funny, as I look at this whole card, there's a lot of horses making their uh, Keeneland debut. I think she's going to be tough in here, and that's no surprise, John. I mean, she's 3-5 to five on the morning line. That seems really? about right. To, it's an eight-horse field. You know, at the racing forum, we all uh, have responsibilities for covering certain Breeders' Cup races. I happen to have the Philly and Mare Sprint again this year, so I've really been bearing down on the Philly and Mare Sprinters, and, and it looks like Finley's lucky star, if she runs as we expect, will advance to the uh, to the Philly Mare Sprint as one of the favorites behind Unique Bella, who we're all expecting, of course, to win Sunday at Santa Anita and, and go ahead and be the favorite in that race. But I think this race boils down to her pretty much leading the whole way. And uh, Vertical Oak, the three-year-old, might be a threat, but I'm going to go with uh, the California Invader for Claiborne Farm, Bendable, and the bottom horse in here, Ivy Bell, who had that scary incident in the uh, open mind with Brian up uh, as my exacto horse. So I'm a four over the one eight. Four over the one eight. All right. I got you covered. We're talking with Marty McGee, Eclipse Award winning writer for the Daily Racing Forum and also one heck of a handicapper. Let's see if we can round this segment out with the uh, start of the graded races on Fall Stars All-Stars and is the Woodford Stakes presented by Keeneland Select. This is another sprint, but it's five and a half on the grass. Hoagie. I mean, what what else can you say about Hoagie that hasn't been said? I mean, he's an eight-year-old who's been claimed twice for 80000 He's knocked out more than $1.1 million, John. So he's. I think he's going to get a trip just like he got at Kentucky Downs, out there where the air's fresh and clear, stalking the pace. And uh, I think Giroux's going to win this one on Hoagie. The, the real threat could be the classy rail horse, Conquest Panthera. Uh, he's, I don't think he's ever run as short as five and a half furlongs, but it sure seems like horses who come out of route races like he does or, or slightly longer races can really punch home down the, uh, the Keeneland turf course. So I'm going to go with an 8-1 here. And when I start my pick fives, John, uh, and there is an all-stakes pick five again races, 
five through nine on Saturday at Keeneland. I'm using only numbers one and eight. Aha. Uh-huh. Interested to hear. You know, I, I was there, and I know you were, for uh, Mongolian Saturday's big uh, Breeders' Cup uh, a sprint win. But it, it looks like uh, as exciting as he is to watch for Mongolian stable, he's gotten a little long in the tooth. I know he loves Keeneland, but uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think he's the same horse. Yeah, they've got him 3-1. to one. I think he won't get quite that much support. You know, his buyers aren't that good. His last win was actually in the Woodford here last fall, so he's lost one, two, three, four, five. He's lost seven at his last seven starts, but he did run fairly good in the turf monster. Uh, you know, you can't bet them all. I'm just going to I'm gonna have to leave out Mongolian Saturday, acknowledging that he does love Keeneland a lot. I'm sure, I'm sure they've been looking forward to this race for quite a while, knowing that. Absolutely. Well, Marty McGee, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule uh, to join us here on on Winning Ponies. I'm sorry that I won't be able to see you on Saturday. My current job duties are going to land me in Cincinnati, but I'm sure that we will cross paths uh, sometime during the meet, and I look forward to it. Yeah, come on up and see me at uh, at Keeneland, John. I will. You know that. All right. Well, we've been talking with Daily Racing Forms' Marty McGee. Earlier, we talked with Ed Meyer, who's got a lot on his plate over the weekend, uh, with Ohio's greatest day of racing, the best of Ohio, five stakes races in a row for $150,000 each. That doesn't rival Keeneland, but it still means that there's betting opportunities out there. So between the horses that Ed and Marty gave us a little tip on, pull down your e Easy win forms from winning ponies. And I hope you have a great weekend. Remember, the graded stakes action starts on Friday at Keeneland and goes all the way through the West Coast on Sunday. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to cash a bet. Come on, pull our easy win forms. I want to thank Matt Widener for keeping me in check throughout the show. Ed and Marty, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for joining us here on Winning Ponies. Remember, when you go to the races... Bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.